0: Before today's podcast, a huge thanks to one of our sponsors, Party Casino. It's your first choice for sports betting. And of course, Formula One. Who's going to win the race in Turkey this weekend? Who's your favourite? Who's an outsider? Who will you bet on? And you can also place your bet for this year's Drivers' Championship as it goes down to the wire. But not just Formula One. Check out the sports section of Party Casino to bet on the Premier League, the Championship, Bundesliga or La Liga. And maybe it's MotoGP or NASCAR. Anyone of 39 different sports you can play in Party Casino. And you can hit the slots in the full Party Casino experience with jackpot slots, the best Vegas games, roulette in the live casino, and blackjack games you love as well. Well, PartyCasino.com has added the Safer Gambling section of the homepage, so you can play while staying safe, easily learning how betting works, managing how much time you spend playing, and access more information on Safer Gambling. So, when you're ready, get the party started. With 50 free spins on starburst go to autosport.com slash party casino in three easy steps sign up make your first deposit of 10 quid and enjoy your 50 free spins that's autosport.com slash party casino open to uk residents over 18 read the full terms on partycasino.com. please gamble responsibly
1: from autosport.com and autosport magazine i'm your host ariana bravo and this is the autosport podcast Lewis Hamilton topped qualifying at Formula One's 2021 Turkish Grand Prix, where Valtteri Bottas will start on pole ahead of Max Verstappen as a result of Hamilton's engine change grid penalty. In a session that was overcast throughout with spots of rain falling into Q1, the drivers were able to run slicks for the duration, with all the top 10 runners bar Yuki Tsunoda getting through to Q2 on the more durable medium tyre, which they will all start Sunday's race on. In Q3, Bottas initially led the way until Hamilton's second flying lap put him back at the top of the timesheets with a 1 minute 24.585, a time that neither Bottas or Verstappen could beat. Charles Leclerc's final Q3 lap bumped him up to fourth, knocking Pierre Gasly down one spot as the AlphaTauri driver was left to rue time lost in the final sector on his final lap of Q3. Fernando Alonso took sixth ahead of Sergio Perez and Lando Norris, with Lance Stroll, who made it through to the shootout, despite a late off at turn 1 in Q2 and Sonoda completing the top 10. Leclerc's late jump at the end of Q2 meant Sebastian Vettel was shuffled out in 11th after his personal best at the end of the middle segment was only good enough for briefly slotting into 10th. Behind Vettel came Esteban Ocon and George Russell, who slid off the track at the final corner on his final lap. The Williams driver had just set two personal bests in the opening two sectors and was on to challenge for another Q3 appearance – but his successful attempts to catch the slides still put him too wide and he backed off after returning to the track for the final run to the line. Mick Schumacher was a star of the session, managing a Q2 appearance, with the Haas driver ending up in fourth, his best qualifying result so far ahead of Carlos Sainz, who did not post a time as he will start tomorrow's race from last following his engine change grid penalty. It was a disappointing session for Daniel Ricciardo, who was caught out by a flurry of last-second improvements in Q1, and as a result, he will line up P16 tomorrow. Today, I am joined by Hayden Cobb, editor for Autosport.com, to chat about the session. Hayden, it's lovely to have you on the pod again. How are you doing?
2: I'm very well, thanks. How are you?
1: I'm all good, thank you. I'm good. It was quite quite an exciting qualifying session. Of course, we had that threat of rain uh, looming over us, but... It pretty much held out. And um, as I said, Lewis Hamilton set in the quickest time, but his teammate Valtteri Brotas is the one who's nabbed pole because of that engine penalty for him. But Lewis was looking incredibly confident in that car today throughout the session, wasn't he?
2: He definitely was. And he certainly looked that way all weekend. Um, taking that grid penalty... Uh, at the start of the weekend obviously instantly knows what the challenge is ahead of him so there's there was largely no sort of unknowns going into it it just had to be as high up the grid as possible to minimize the the damage and, and he maximized that obviously like you say fastest and. In- Qualifying but not on pole. It's it's an unusual thing to say but it has happened before in Formula 1 so sometimes we just have these strange uh, quirks of the rules but um, yeah starting from P11 and as you say qualifying on on the sort of or starting on the medium tyres as is the bulk ahead of him granted that's sort of the best thing he could have hoped for when he woke up this morning. So I think also with with Valtteri's teammate on pole ahead of Verstappen, basically he's he's hoping for those two to sort of squabble and hold each other off as long as they can so they don't get too far ahead and that he can uh, fight his way through the midfield, which both him and Mercedes have sort of been hesitant to say that that will be a foregone conclusion and looking at sort of the pace of particularly the Ferrari and, and maybe sort of the McLarens that are up there ahead of him, that that could be the case but um, who knows what could happen it's, it's it's still fairly uncertain at this stage.
1: It is uncertain and as we have seen in the previous races so far this season anything can happen but that Mercedes car is certainly looking suited to this track both Valtteri and Lewis looking very strong. We've touched on Lewis Valtteri is one that will be leading uh, the pack tomorrow off of the line. He will be lining up with Max Verstappen beside him but what are you expecting from from Valtteri Bottas, what do you think he is actually capable of? Do you think he will be able to hold on to that P1? What are you expecting from the start as well? Do you think that Max Verstappen will be coming into it quite quite fighty, wanting to get ahead? Or do you think he'll be trying to play the long game to you know, avoid any potential damage that could obviously end up um, ruining his race?
2: Yeah, it's definitely going to be in his mind. But I think, as you said at the start there, v- Valtteri does have the car to win the race. That's That's very clear. And obviously with Hamilton, Further back in the grid, it's, it is on his shoulders to, to sort of carry that that challenge to Verstappen. I do think, yeah, the the sort of first lap and first few corners are going to be uh, a very intense watch for for both of the sort of the to- title fighting teams. Obviously, as you said, Verstappen has to be a little bit careful, whereas Bottas doesn't necessarily have that much risk in terms of his own drivers' championship fight. But um, but. Th- th- it's going to be good. Verstappen is naturally the sort of the more aggressive type, and we have seen in sort of the last few races and over the last couple of seasons, Bottas does tend to lack that sort of fight and that guile. But but maybe with his future assured going elsewhere and the objective very clear to him, um, he can just basically go for it and uh, and basically do his teammate a massive massive favour. Um, but I think yes, whoever does get in front, and assuming it's a clean fight at the start. If they can in the clean air, get some decent laps at the start together, build up a gap, then um I would sort of expect one of the two to be able to pull away at the at the front and that's when obviously strategy will We'll probably come into it later, but um, but who knows uh, uh, if it's a mixed condition similar to what we had this like the, the last Turkish Grand Prix and um, it's all jumbled up at the start. Then then almost who knows again. It it, it that that element is still there with the risk of of rain. It looks unlikely, especially say say it was more likely obviously today and that that came true for the morning session. But um, but if it does arrive, then yeah, all bets are off in terms of how that battle goes.
1: And looking at the second row of the pack, we have Charles Leclerc starting P3 and Gasly P4. We saw Leclerc suffering that spin in Q2. Could have actually ruined things for him in the session, but he managed to put it all together and ultimately bagged himself a really solid starting position tomorrow. His teammate will be starting from the back of the pack. Carlos Sainz, of course, as we've just said, has the penalty, so he'll be um, fighting his way forward. But throughout the weekend so far, actually, there has been a lot of talk of how good the Ferraris are looking at the track. What do you think that Charles will be able to realistically do from that position, given that in front of him he has Valtteri and Max, beside him he has Gasly, and at some point he may also have uh, Lewis coming up behind him. What do you think he's going to be able to do in that Ferrari?
2: Definitely. Well, as you yes mentioned at the start there, um, I think he owes a big thank you in part to to his teammate, Carlos Sainz, for, for coming out and giving him a toe right at the end of Q2. Not to say that his lap wouldn't have been good enough to make the Q3 jump, but um, yeah, it really sort of dug him out of that hole that was he was building for himself with that spin earlier in in that session, but um yeah, got through he did, and um put that, put a very very good lap together right at the end to to sort of bag him that yeah fourth but into third and and as you said pace of the ferraris have looked very good leclerc himself said in terms of the setup it a bit of a risk a bit of a sort of a, a gamble a little bit but i think they can give themselves a little bit more credit knowing the strengths of that car by now they seem to be the the, the thorn in the side of of your red bulls or your mercedes in terms of fighting the top teams so if things go their way early on and Leclerc is in the fight he could be well in with the shout of well podium almost feels like a, a minimum sort of target but um, as you say if if Hamilton or others sort of come fighting through there's, there's still a great chance for them to to bag a, a big sort of bank of points uh, particularly obviously as the The McLarens have done so in in recent races. So he's got a very, very good chance, Um, but it almost went away from them. So we'll we'll see what happens come Sunday, I guess.
1: Now, of course, we know that uh, both him and Carlos now have this new spec uh, in the car and that was introduced really to sort of help them when they're looking forward for 2022. But is this performance game that we're seeing, is that in part due to those upgrades that they've brought even though that wasn't necessarily the reason that they were introduced is that what we're seeing as a result it is actually really giving them a boost here or is it just the case of the car is suited to the tracks that we're at now and they're able to really extract the full potential from it
2: yeah i think this weekend it's a combination of a little bit of both ferrari have been hesitant to say how much of a performance gain uh this this upgrade in terms of the hybrid unit has provided them and and as you say they they continue so this is more of a focus on their 2022 engine so there's basically teasing uh, uh more to come but um in, in terms of yeah, the performance gains that we've seen off the back of it um uh, when the clerk took it in russia it sort of had a decent race coming through and until the rain arrived and then equally um you are sort of going to expect signs to it looked good in good in practice so things should should go well in that sense but you're you're right i definitely think um the 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 circuit uh, in istanbul um, appears to to suit the Ferrari package, say more so than than their closest rivals, McLaren, um, so far, at least in the dry um, sense. In the wet, they they look like they may be struggling, but I think that's again it's a bit of an unpredictable element to it that will apply to all teams. But definitely, if it stays dry, they they certainly seem fast and seem confident, and the combination of having a a new engine as well itself, fresher engine, because of course they took the full unit rather than, say, just one uh, part of the power unit, like uh, Hamilton, for example, um, means that they can just yeah go, go a bit more aggressive with everything they've got and um, they're sort of seeing the rewards of it. And and if they are going to put up a fight to McLaren to get that third place in the Constructors' Championship, well, this this is the sort of the results they need to convert because we've seen their rivals do it and now it's their time. Obviously, science has got the got the podium in Russia, so they've got to be hoping for something similar this weekend from from Leclerc.
1: Now, third row will be Sergio Perez and Fernando Alonso. Last year, of course, this was a fantastic result for Checo at this track when he was with his former team. Uh, But what do you think he's capable of this year? And do you think that he will be a little bit of an obstacle for Lewis when he is trying to fight his way through the pack? Because, of course, he has to uh, get past him as well. And that kind of can work in Red Bull's favour potentially?
2: you'd certainly think so in a in a sort of reverse of roles between the the top two teams. Yeah, Perez does seem to be that uh disruptor to to Hamilton's strategy where obviously Bottas is playing that role uh, against Verstappen. Um I think Perez himself has sort of admitted that he, again qualifying he was sort of didn't quite extract the maximum out of the package certainly compared to his teammate but just where he was hoping to be and that's why he's sort of slipped behind uh, Gasly and uh, Leclerc. But um, but like you say, he's in a he's in a strong position to basically be do a ha- great favour for, for for his teammate, but also for his, for his team as well. If he can make up some places early on and sort of then shuffle back himself back into those podium uh positions um just as we're recording now uh, Alonso has been put under investigation for uh under something happened under double wave yellows in q1 but we're obviously naturally yet to see what will happen uh by the time this goes out but uh he's in a little bit of jeopardy but we'll um we'll wait to see what happens in in terms of his situation
1: getting the uh breaking news there as we record always fun Um, Okay, that is something to keep an eye on. Of course, if we hear anything else as the uh, recording continues, we will bring it to you as well. But moving further down the top 10, Lando Norris qualifying eighth today, starting P7 tomorrow. He said in those post-race interviews that he expects Hamilton to, you know, overtake him within a few laps um, of the race start. How easy do you expect that overtaking will be tomorrow at this track? Because as you've said, Mercedes have been quite cautious um, in their approach. You know, they're not saying we expect him to be up there within X laps, uh, him being Lewis. But how how easy do you think it will be for the drivers? We have seen some really strong performances in the past. We spoke yesterday on the podcast about Lewis's past performances uh, in GP two. What do you what do you make?
2: It's going to be interesting. It's Definitely going to dictate the story of the race. I think if it's dry, it's, it's naturally probably going to be a bit trickier for Hamilton to to cut through um, the sort of the guys immediately ahead of him. Um, whereas wet, you'd sort of think that the the general chaos. Obviously, it puts a bit of jeopardy on his own side, but that's it's the same for everyone else. So let's let's say it's a dry race. I think the way that they've definitely set up the car for Hamilton is in terms of the rear wing and and, and aiding sort of a DRS push. They're they're setting up two maximise their overtaking abilities over, say, uh, outright lap performance. So to be fair, for Hamilton to even still get pole with that setup is it's a big mark to him. But let's, let's say he's got a fair few other poles that sort of demonstrate his credentials over a single lap. So no one was really doubting him on, on that front. Um, but yes, for, for Mercedes to actively sort of make that decision to give Hamilton all the tools they've possibly got to maximise his opportunities in terms of overtaking, it's... Um, it certainly shows that they're not overly confident. I, I don't think that would be their um, their sort of stance, regardless of how they were sort of fighting in the title. But um, uh, yeah, Norris, I think he's naturally probably a bit more pessimistic um, in in terms of the way they can go, because we've seen on a few occasions so far this this season that the McLaren in particular has been very good at holding up and disrupting uh, the Mercedes or, or let's say the, the faster cars on on, on the racetrack. So I would say it's it's not a foregone conclusion that Hamilton's going to go sailing by them all. But um, it, again, it, that first lap or those first few laps, if there's if there's all total carnage, who knows what could happen? Um, but it'll be a, an exciting watch, whatever happens.
1: Yeah, I feel like we are so cautious this year because we have had so many unexpected turns of events as races have unfolded. But it's so difficult to predict what happens and um, how everything will unfold because. Time after time, this season has been surprising us and it's showing no signs of letting up. So hopefully we are in for another action-packed race tomorrow. Um, I want to move on to two more drivers before we wrap things up. First of all, Mick Schumacher. Incredible effort by him to get into Q2 on Merit. Talk us through his performance and how he managed to pull out the bag.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd say he's probably the... The star of qualifying outside of the the guys at the front of the grid, because yes, Q two on on merit in in a very tricky first session in terms of there was that rain that was threatening and and did arrive a little bit, but certainly not to enough to make them switch to the inters or or indeed the full wets. Um, but he managed to get those tricky Pirelli tyres in the right window, which was was noticeable for for example his sort of representative and closest competitors of. Mazapin being his teammate or, say, Raikkonen on Giovinazzi, who, who struggled and, and particularly uh, Raikkonen and Mazepin definitely struggled looking at their times in terms of getting the temperature in those tyres and being in the right window. Um, he got it done and, and sort of maximised what he could get from the car in terms of getting into Q2 um, without anyone sort of necessarily dropping out ahead of him. Of, of course, signs towards the end of it in terms of Q2 wasn't necessarily there, but um, yeah, he certainly qualified on merit. Uh, and sort of demonstrated he's he's getting there in, in what is a very difficult car to handle there's there's no sort of disguising that fact um but he's now he's very very impressive today um and you could see it from the reaction from himself and from the team now, it's not every time that just getting to Q2 gets that sort of reaction but um but for what the team have been through and for what um both of their drivers have been through this year with the car they've got that is um a huge credit to to the driver for for putting that performance together
1: It is a huge credit to him. And as you've touched on that, it is such a difficult car to handle. But it really shows promise for next year when the team have said that they are expecting to be able to bring a better package forward. And that is obviously where all of their attention has been focused, which is why they've suffered this year. But definitely promising for next year and for Mick Schumacher. Um, So I'm excited to see what he's able to do when they've actually got a car that can really, hopefully, really actually compete against some of the other teams. Uh, next driver I want to touch on is Daniel Ricciardo because this is not the result that he would have wished for. Um, he finished up P16 and of course he had, had a run of really strong performances recently. Of course he had the win as well. Um, what went wrong for him? What went wrong for him and the team? Uh, because it was it was a case of being caught out really in those last few moments, wasn't it?
2: That's right, yeah. It was almost a, a Ricciardo of, of earlier in the season when he was still adapting to to the McLaren that um, had sort of come back to the surface. As you said, um, they partially got the the timing of their Q, last Q1 run wrong in terms of he started the lap before the checker flag was shown, but it wasn't actually his, his last push lap. He'd basically done the lap before. So in effect, he'd taken the checker flag and therefore he was the first across the line. Everyone else had a lap to go behind him and he was shuffled out um, right right towards the bubble and then off off he went. It's certainly a track that the McLaren is struggling a little bit more at because yes, okay, Norris got to to Q three, but was has qualified behind cars that normally on merit they'd be be ahead of. Um and I think, yeah, that's con- contributed to to where Ricardo combination of yes, yeah, mis mistiming strategy, but also the car not being quite where they want it to be in terms of previous races, and those problems that he's had before all coming to the surface to, at the same time to to sort of put a disappointing performance together. Now, obviously, they gain a, a spot uh, because Signs goes to the back of the grid, but that's um, a, a small, small reward in terms of what they were really hoping for, um, especially as the performance have been this season. But um, yeah, you I, I still you still can't necessarily roll him out, um, as we've seen over the last few rounds, or particularly from the summer break. There's there's been some Sterling drives from from Ricardo and and performances from McLaren overall. So yeah, do you think he can? fight back his way back as well or or is this me sort of being too optimistic as well
1: No I have optimism as well actually I'm hoping that the recent run of good showings will have given him that extra boost as well to know that it is possible he is able to pull it all together in the car and as we know he's a fantastic overtaker when he um has his mind in the right in the right place and the car is working well beneath him so I think that uh, he will definitely be able to make up some places. I don't want to jinx anything. But of course, we're going to have a number of drivers trying to make up places tomorrow, which is what makes it really exciting. Um, And hopefully it will shape up to be a fabulous race for us all watching. Um, One last question before we wrap things up. What are your thoughts about strategy tomorrow? Because there's been lots of talks about whether it's going to be one stop, two stop. Obviously, if the rain makes an appearance, that is definitely going to throw things up in the air. But if it does stay dry, what are you expecting?
2: Yes, uh, with the with the dry assumption, that is obviously pretty key. And the other key to that is, yeah, watching Lewis Hamilton's progress. Because like we say, we can't assume he's going to fly through the pack. But for the title pitcher, he, his pro- progress is going to be absolutely vital in terms of the same way it was to watch Verstappen climb through the order in Russia. Um, lots of teams are sort of targeting uh, the one stopper in terms of having managed to get through to Q3 and, and starting on on those mediums um, and, and I do, uh, Mercedes have sort of said almost already that it, it ultimately depends how much progress Hamilton makes but they'll look to do the same but if if things aren't going well then they could easily switch it to a two stopper to drop them into free air and then have that sort of tyre life advantage towards the end of the race where you can really put on a charge against those who are sort of maintaining life in, in their tyres towards the end. So again it, in terms of purely looking at the fight at the front, you, you'd say it's a, a sort of a nailed-on one-stopper uh, for for the likes of Bottas, uh, Verstappen and Leclerc. But um, yeah, it'll be perhaps one eye behind them to make sure they don't get uh, get jumped by anyone that's, that's coming through. Um, if it's wet, of course, then Oh, goodness knows where, where we could be going with that. We we saw something very, I would say, very special from Hamilton last year in terms of what he was able to do with the intermediate tyres, um, sort of yeah. wearing them down to to slicks almost uh, as the track dried on a very slippy surface. Not necessarily expecting something similar to that because we've, we've seen so far this weekend, even in the wet, the, the track is incredibly grippy. So it may not necessarily come down to some sort of masterclass, but it's happened before, so we can't rule it out. But um, it it would certainly be intriguing to see how those fighting through the pack um, come through and then where they sort of play their pit stops and play their tyres as the race progresses.
1: Yeah, we are not ruling anything out ahead of tomorrow's race because... It's all to play for. As we've said, lots of drivers trying to make it up through the pack, which will definitely spice things up. Hayden, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with our extended race podcast after the Turkish Grand Prix. That's all from us.